In case we haven't met, I'm Dino Colombo. I represent people hurt by a truck. It's what we do every day. Navigating the law can be tough, but we're tougher. Let us handle the fight. Hurt by a truck? Call Colombo Law. Preacher fans, the only dudes who could ever teach me were some guys who were preacher fans. Yes, they were. They were. Oh, yes, they were. That's a podcast theme right there. It's Sunday, so it's time to go to church with our podcast, Preacher Man, recapping the latest episode of Preacher. I'm Alex. I am Pete. And we are talking about the latest episode, Gonna Hurt. It's gonna hurt, guys. This is gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Justin is off this week, but I did want to clear up something relating to him before we get into it. Now, as everybody knows, as frequent listeners of this podcast know, we have a couple of hashtags that we like to use around these parts. Big hashtag for season three is hashtag Justin the Pomeranian, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's been using that. It's been trending for weeks now. Huge thing. However, uh, one of our listeners, Brenda Tackett, did point out something to us on Facebook that I did want to bring up, okay. which is, I, she says, I just started listening to you guys. The God Dog, this is in the in the show, God dresses like a big dog yep. in a big dog suit and does sex stuff which is what started our first hashtag that we're not going to mention. Right, Pete? Thank you. No problem. Uh, And she says, is is not a Pomeranian, but more like a Dalmatian. Pomeranians are small, little, long-haired dogs without spots. Right. Uh, That's kind of why we call Justin that, because he's not, Justin's not like a real dog. He's this little, cute, adorable thing that just yips at your Oh, yeah. So you think we should stick with Justin the Pomeranian, not make it hashtag Justin the Dalmatian? Well, I mean, I don't think Justin the Dalmatian really does justice to who Justin is as a person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, she brings up a good point. She does bring up a very good point. I'll tell you what. Why don't we put it out to you guys on our Twitter account? We just started a new Twitter account for Preacher, at Men Preacher on Twitter. Did we? Yeah, we did. Surprise, Pete. Oh. <laughs> so we'll put it out there. Uh, you guys can I gotta go. follow that. Yeah. Oh, you got it. I followed you. Oh. I mean, the account, whoever does it. Whoever does it. <laughs> Who's ever set it up. I got to uh, follow. Yeah, we'll put it out to you guys. Do you want us to do hashtag Justin the Pomeranian or Justin the Dalmatian? Um, big choice. Yeah. Probably we we want you guys to vote. There's been a lot of people tweeting about voting lately. They're like, you got to vote. Vote this November. This is what they're talking about. Yeah, it's got to be. And either way, it's, it's going to hurt, hurt, which is the episode we're talking about. Before we get into a quick little bit of recap, this no. is a show about Jesse Custer, a dude who used to be able to control people's minds with uh, being called Genesis that's in his body. He has lost control of it a little bit, mostly because he lost a piece of his soul. Um, instead, he headed to a place called Angelville, which is where he grew up with a fucked up lady named Grandma, a guy named TC, a bunch of other dudes who live there, Jody, Jody uh, who are some of the meanest motherfuckers that you could possibly imagine. Uh, and backwards. He, backwards. He made a deal with Grandma to bring his love of his life, Tulip, back to life. Also there is Cassidy, who is a vampire, who's been palling around with him. Cassidy is in love with Tulip, been tiffing a little bit with... Uh, 
excuse me, with Jesse, though I think they kind of made up or got closer to making up, right? In this episode, they did. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and yeah, there you go. I think that's actually all you really need to know this episode. Uh, as part of Jesse's deal, he has come back to work for Grandma. He used to bring in customers back in the day for her voodoo business. There's another little side business they have going on that we'll talk about towards the end of this episode. But let's kick it off with Tulip. You want to talk about Tulip first? What's going on with her? Sure, sure. Yeah, so Tulip is pissed. She's listening to heavy metal, driving like a badass. Yeah. I love the start of this episode. Oh, it's great. Uh, This show is so well shot. It starts with an upside down shot, flips over to Tulip, driving mad. She's going back to New Orleans. She wants to kill, I think, her star. Her star, yeah. Who's the head of the Grail, specifically because he's been manipulating events uh, to keep Jesse under his thumb and keep uh, in order for him to consolidate power. Her star doesn't show up at all this episode. And in fact, uh, Tulip gets there and finds a totally empty office except for a bunch of business cards. Yes, Pete, you raised your hand. Thank you. Now, let me ask you, if you drove all the way with the plan of you want to murder hair star, would you shoot the cleaning guy just because you traveled that whole way? She beat up the cleaning guy. She doesn't need to kill him. Okay. At the very least, while I'm in New Orleans, I'd visit Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, maybe she swung by and was like, hey, guys, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the neighborhood. We're all comic book shows. Yeah, hey, it's great to have you. Hey. Uh, One thing I... Because if you're a cleaning guy at the kind of Aryan Nation headquarters, (laughs) then... That's not what they are. Okay. Well, they're part of an evil corporation. I got to believe that the cleaning guy is also evil. Uh, but he's not. He says he's just hired to clean the place. Yeah, but w- you would say that if somebody bursts in angrily. Sure, I guess so. So you think that the cleaning guy is behind all of this? Yeah, I would have shot him in he's the, the just, Oh, my God, just, he's the big bad guy of the season. 100%. Well, he could have been. It's possible. I actually would not put it by the yeah. show to do that. Uh, but she does get super pissed off about it. One thing that I will say that I think is so fantastic about this show is how little the main characters care most of this time about the weirdest shit happening, <laughs> particularly Tulip, the way that Ruth Nega plays her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's so flippant about everything. Like she clearly has a depth of emotion, yeah. but she ends up leaving New Orleans and then God pulls up behind her on his bike with a floozy and she just rolls her eyes and yeah. her, that her reaction to God pulling up is like, oh, here we go. there's this guy again. <laughs> what? What do you want? It's amazing. But there was a really crazy, because she was beating herself up over how she fucked things over for Jesse, because she thought Jesse was fucking her over, but he kind of had to, he took this fake vial that she thought was the real vial, and like, so she was kind of beating herself up for messing up last episode of Jesse getting this power back. And so reveals God was like, no, you did exactly as I wanted to. It's all part of my plan. Do you think it's part of his plan, though? Yeah. Okay. So there's two questions I have here, right? Right. So uh, God takes off his dog mask, glows briefly, and then he reveals that he is actually looks exactly like the actor who was playing him back in season one. Yeah. Uh, and who was he, faking being God? Who was faking being Which God? Which is smart. You you know you got to look just like your body double, otherwise you won't fool anybody. Sure, it's the classic Phantom Menace gambit. Yeah, you know, 
Padme Amidala when she pulled with her body double? Yeah, yeah. You I remember know. the Phantom Menace. Yeah, I... You know, I'm pissed at you for bringing up that movie, but yeah, I know exactly. Wait, how many times did you see it in theaters? One and never again. Really? Yeah. Four. Why would you do that? When I I was not that busy that summer, I was going on a bunch of job interviews. That was between job interviews, I was like, I guess I'm going to see Star Wars again. Why would you do that though? Yeah, I thought it got better every time I saw it. No, I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's very wrong. You poor, poor. <sighs> simpler times. So they were simpler they times. Were simpler times. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I I don't know what to think about this scene or what's going on with God because God keeps saying everything is part of His plan. He says He's preparing a pass fail test for Earth. Yeah. I don't know if I believe him. No, like, I definitely don't believe that. Tulip calls him out and it's like, uh, fuck you. Basically, yeah. you're doing you're doing a midlife crisis thing is what yeah. you're doing. You're on a bike. Yeah. You got a floozy there. Why do you keep saying floozy? Why can't it just be a friend of his? She's a floozy. Why would you say that? Because I'm a misogynist. Oh. Dude. <laughs> oh, dude. No, no, no. I mean, she's clearly supposed to be like the midlife crisis girl that God has picked up. And that's what I take away. I, th- I think Tulip's right. I don't think there really is a plan. I no. think he's just kind of making it up as he goes along. Yeah. I'm also not 100% sure that's God. No, that's definitely God. You think so? Well, you can tell by the glow. Yeah, I guess you can tell by the glow, but he mm-hmm. does look like the actor. Right. And that is suspicious. It is suspicious. So what if there's a third dude? What if it's another actor that they got to play God this time? You've read the book, though, right? Yeah, I have. Okay, then. Oh, so we can talk about stuff freely versus with Justin's here. Exactly. Yes, so that, yes, that is God. Yep. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Tulip gets kind of fed up. She tells off God that God slams her with his glow powers against the car. She still kind of doesn't learn a lesson because later she has this fantasy of beating up God that's pretty hilarious. Yep. uh, Where she kicks him the balls and picks him up by the throat. Thought that was great. Oh, I love Tulip. Yes. More stuff happens with her, which we'll get back to in a second. Uh, but let's jump back. What do you want to talk about next? What's going on back at Angelville? Yes, please. Yeah. So meanwhile, Jesse is wrestling with the fact there that... There was that funny moment, though, where Jesse was like, you saw God? And she was like, yeah. And he's like, why wouldn't he come to me? Yeah. You know, like that was such a fun moment. Well, uh, do you think that's going to cause a rift between them? Because Jesse spent the entire last season looking for God. Yeah. That was his whole thing. And they did play it for comedy, but do you think do you think there's something more there with Jesse? Do you think Jesse wants something more with God, or is he so focused on I think grandma? That's build up to his you think so? hatred for God and want to yeah 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 I think that's fair yeah um, so yeah they're all back at Angelville everybody's just kind of hanging around which is insane to me oh my god yes why are you guys so comfortable in the evilest of all evil places yes this is this is my one problem with the season this almost goes opposite to what I was talking about where I like how ambivalent they are about stuff the fact that here they're oh, like it kind of drives you a little crazy does yeah. it yeah huh Huh. Oh, well, you, you welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> it does drive me a little crazy that it's like the past two seasons, even though they lived in different settings, felt like there were so many things going on that there was this driving force behind it. Here, it's like 
what what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just leave. Yeah. Just figure out a way out of this and leave. leave. You know how to get out of this, I am sure. Also, especially, uh, oh my God, uh, Cassidy, especially Cassidy, where Jesse at one point is like, dude, act like this isn't your first time being a vampire. You can't be so nonchalant. You can be nonchalant around me and Tulip. We know your secret. You yeah. can't be nonchalant about who you are around these evil-ass motherfuckers. Right. Uh, here's here's my theory about what's going on with them and why they are being so nonchalant about it. Um, they went through a bunch of shit <laughs> recently. Yeah. And I think... Always. They're always going through a bunch of shit. And they faced down against the saint of killers mm-hmm. and survived. So I think they've been kind of ambivalent about this. And they look at TC and Jody as kind of these dumb swamp hicks. They look as grandma as this infirm... Unimportant but old lady what drives me crazy is you know how worked up Jesse is, and Jesse was very nonchalant about the other things. Like, read the room, guys. Yeah, if Jesse can't sit still and it is like, yo, be cool, be cool. But the problem with Jesse, though, and what this episode is very much about, is Jesse getting sucked back into this life because, yeah. as terrified of it as he is, and as much as he wanted to get out of it, he likes it. You don't know that. I I think that's pretty clear by the end of the episode. I think there's a part of him that likes being... It's easy for him to slip into this evil carnival Barker-esque life where he's sucking people down into the muck versus... It's harder for him to be a preacher. It's harder for him to be good. That's something we've seen since the very first season is he gave people advice and it was like a piece of him was being taken off. He didn't feel good about it. Yeah, but it's just so much harder now that he's back there. Like he never wanted to be back there. And it felt like, especially at the end of it, he kind of gave into it, but I still don't think he likes it. No, he doesn't like it. It makes him feel bad, but I think that's a more comfortable place for him is being in a place where he hates himself versus being in a place where he's doing the right thing and being good. Yeah, that's true. Now, let me ask you, since we are talking about the end already. Sure. Now, this... Well, hold on. Uh, let's uh, hold on to that thought. We can okay. very quickly, I think, go through Jesse's plot line. So uh, Jesse, because he is back in this life, his deal was to bring people to grandma to work her voodoo magic so she could make deals with them so they could get their money. Uh, and he, Wait, wait. What? There was a really nice thing where they talked about being best friends before they got, and got into that. And I thought that was... Cassidy nice. and Jesse? Yeah, that was a real powerful yeah, moment. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, uh, it was really nice because yes. he was like, oh, I didn't say that. But I thought it was inferred, and Cassidy was like, never, and it was kind of a real sweet moment. Yeah, I think that's a turning point for Cassidy as well, because they are back together, and they are this trio that is working together, versus how broken apart they got at the end of last season, so that is nice. But Jesse ends up going around with Jody around town, trying to get suckers, uh, letting them know, hey, Angelville is back open. They start with a uh, huffing group where there's a bunch of people that are addicted to huffing. Um, I I gotta be honest, I was a little mixed about this scene. Oh, yeah? Because it's played for laughs as how stupid can you be? You're talking about, like, this guy tells the story about building a saving Private Ryan thing with his son where they're gonna do a bunch of models, and his son went to sleep, and he ended up huffing all the airplane glue and falling asleep, and then he's crying. I think this guy is played as, like, how dumb is this? This is so stupid that you're addicted to huffing. But I don't think that's actually funny. I think that's a real thing. No, it's definitely not funny. I don't think it was... 
commenting on how funny the guy was. I think they were commenting about how even these things that are supposed to be good are also kind of shams because they have an AA meeting right next to a liquor store. Ah, you know what I okay. mean? And then yeah. they have this meeting and they can work them like scams. So this is real people's lives and real people problems, but them as scam artists can kind of work that. Yeah. As a system. So Jesse finds out that he's not that good at it and people don't need it's him. It's rusty. He's a little rusty. He's a little it. rusty. People prefer the other voodoo mistress that's uh, in town. Uh, but what they are interested in is the tombs. Yeah. And Jesse doesn't want to open the tombs. Everybody wants him to open the tombs. We find out what the tombs are by the end of the episode. And basically... Now, this was my question here. Yes. So... This was a big change from the comic book to the TV show. Since Justin's not here, can we talk about that for a moment? I think we can, but actually it occurs to me we probably got to set up what happens with Cassidy before we get to the tombs. Um, And since this is a big thing, we'll finish up Tulip's storyline first. So what happens with Tulip is she ends up trying to figure out how the deal works with Jesse. She breaks into Grandma's office. Yeah, and also like... Is going through her stuff and then like eats something that was insane to me. Tulip eats something, yeah. She was just like going through like a kind of a jar and then smells something and then eats it. I'm like, you can't fuck around with grandma's <laughs> shit. Well, like, again, I a think napkin this is like... can hold somebody's soul. You can't just eat random things in grandma's house, yeah, but uh. Yes, uh, you can do it in real grandma's house, but not that grandma's house. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think that comes down to Tulip died and she came back to life. And she thinks she's basically invulnerable at wow. this point. Okay. She can stand up to anything. But what she finds out is that grandma makes these deals mm-hmm. by putting blood on these handkerchiefs. And later, she talks to TC. Yo, doesn't just talk to TC. It was like... She checks out his uh, package. His dangle. Dangle? Dingle? Dingle? Dangle? Dangle. Dangle. And that was a crazy moment. He was like, where's he going to dangle? And she's like, no. And then she's like, okay. Yeah, and she does. She sees it. She ends up plugging in for information. Now, I was fucking really freaked out at that moment because I was like... Do not cheat on Jesse here. Oh, she doing? wasn't going to do that. She was totally playing she DC. She fucked Cassidy because they had a fight. Yeah, but that was that was way before. That was back before they hadn't really rekindled their romance at all. Okay. So I don't think there was no. I point. was worried about it. Ah, not TC. TC is silly. He's dumb. Uh, but she and he ends up telling her a story about a guy who made a deal with Grandma was really tight and wanted to break out of the deal, wanted to get out of it, ended up paying grandma a little bit of money for it, and then took the handkerchief and was like, ha ah, fuck you, ripped the handkerchief in half, and it ended up ripping his wife in half, yeah. which is messed up. But what we find out about that is, A, the voodoo is real if TC is telling the true story. B, the handkerchiefs hold an insane amount of power, so you can't just destroy them. If you burn them, you're going to burn whoever. Also, there is a shit ton of handkerchiefs in that filing cabinet. Yeah. So something bad's going to go down with those. But then Tulip is trying to find out. She puts an alligator on TC's dinkle and ends up trying to find out how to break out of it. 
he doesn't know how to do it. He says the only person who may know how to do it is what's her name, Madame Gowdy. Yeah, the uh, other, the other, the other voodoo, voodoo practitioner. So she heads to her and finds out that uh, the other voodoo practitioner is not an old lady, but actually a young lady. And it looks like they're going to have a little team up, team up by the end. Yeah. Now that was also from the comic book. We had that old kind of corpse thing yeah. that was still running things. Now in the comic. You weren't sure if that corpse was alive or dead, but in the show, it seems like... Yeah, it's just a corpse. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's... So you could have... They've changed things like that, like the meat man that never showed up in season one. Uh, Might still happen, bro. I don't think so. Oh, Oh, dude, that was so creepy. Meat man's messed up. Uh, So that's Tulip's storyline. Let's jump back and talk about what's going on with Cassidy. So Cassidy is laid up in the bed with a wound. Uh, TC is exploring and checking out his wound. Um, I love the relationship between TC and Cassidy so much. Yeah. It's It's so delightful. Yeah, it really is. Uh, TC is very curious because Cassidy, high on whatever he's sucking down, is telling him all these stories about getting shot up, and TC notices that he doesn't have any wounds to speak of, uh, and Cassie's like, oh, I'm very limber. Uh, and my absolute favorite line of the episode is TC is like, can I make you some of my backwoods consomme? And Cassidy is like, well, I really shouldn't, because I know what's in it, but okay, yes, I'll have some of your backwoods consomme. <laughs> I just, I, there's something about, uh, what's his name? Joseph Gilgan's delivery on things like that. I've been thinking so much about his active listening with people lately where he just sort of sits and happily listens to the crazy things that they're telling him. He's like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, to tell. Oh, okay. That's great. That's great. The way that he's just engaged with everybody on the screen is so wonderful. Yeah, it really is. He's it's great. It's it's a, he absolutely pulled straight out of the comic book. It's glorious. Um, also, like the Cassidy not giving a shit about like where he is was giving me so much because like Jesse has to come in and restab him in his bullet wound to get him. You know, like right. everybody so Cassidy his- drinks a bunch of blood. He heals instantly. Yep. Jesse is like, I need to impress the seriousness of the situation to you. Stabs him so he still has a wound. Um, and then Cassidy goes and eats a chicken anyway so that TC and Jody find out he's a vampire. Again, I think this that comes down to maddening, like... maddening, though, because like, why are you eating a chicken? You got... There's blood every in every room. I mean, there's blood in every room. There is just... <laughs> Ball, jo- just jar after jar of blood all over that house. Why are you eating a chicken? I think Cassidy just isn't thinking, you know, like he also went the through thirst some sh- gets over. His- yeah, I think it's taking over. It's an addiction. Like that's something that we're coming back to over and over again. This episode is things that you're addicted to. Tulip is addicted to vengeance. Jesse is addicted to the darkness of Angelville and Cassidy is addicted to drinking blood and they're not very good about resisting their addictions. Man, it that, was, that's what I took away from it. It was I I mean, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you cuz the last thing Jesse wanted to do was go back to Angelville, but he had to to save Tulip. I think I yes, but once he is there, he's being sucked literally down into this muck. Now, there was a really fun moment between Jesse and uh Jody where like Jody elbows him in the face and Jesse is like one of these days, Jody 
Yeah. You're going to get yours. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope yeah, you yeah. see that. Oh, I think you might see that by the end of the season. Now, by the end of the episode, though, Cassidy has been discovered to be a vampire. Uh, he And we get the whole point of why Cassidy should have been paying attention to that picture where it looked like they were just hanging someone from a tree. It's vampire. It's That's, vampire. They were hanging vampires Yeah, they don't like monsters trees. around there. Yeah. Uh, and... Jesse manages to save him with some last second thinking, which is reopening the tombs. Which he didn't want to do. He didn't want to do because the tombs are basically like the most disgusting fight club you could possibly think of. We end with Cassidy having to fight the pedophile teacher we met last episode in the basement of the tombs. He's put on this big top hat. Everything's dirty and gross and there's people waiting to fight. Uh, This could get real bad, right, Pete? Yep. Also... So the tombs in the comic book. Yes, let's talk about this now. Okay, so in the comic, when they're traveling, they come across a vampire underground tombs thing. It wasn't something that Jesse was a part of. It was something that Cassidy knew somebody that was into. So this is a different take. Do you think that's the same thing? Because I think that's... I think that's a different thing. I think oh, the, really? Yeah, I think the vampire tombs, because that was more like... People who sex were, dungeon type of yeah, thing. Yeah, that was people who were playing at being vampires, but actually kind of were really vampires, if mm. I remember correctly. Um, that was that was also in New Orleans, but that's when Cassidy is by himself, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's something that maybe we'll get to eventually. I think oh, this okay. is something different. I thought I it was just a different take on that. No, I think this is like this is the hell. To Angelville. Like you've yeah. got Angelville underneath Angelville is hell and the tombs is hell. And that's where people can fight their way out of this hell. They can fight their way out of this purgatory. Clearly the pedophile teacher has been down there for decades at this point. He's not going to win against Cassidy, but assuming he did win against Cassidy, either live to fight another day or he will work his way up back to the light. I don't know. That's my guess. But okay. The next episode, I believe, is titled The Tombs, so we'll find more about it then. Oh, man. Tombs are the scariest. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this episode? I love this show. It is amazing, and I love the way it's shot and acted, and it's just magical. It's a great show. It's one of the craziest shows on television. (laughs) And you guys are the craziest supporters in podcast land by supporting us at patreon.com slash comic book club. We have a bunch of new rewards there. You can get a ton of free weekly podcasts we don't put anywhere else. Videos, swag, other things. So please check that out. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. in New York that's totally free at the Pit Loft. Come on by. We'll chat about Preacher. Chat your ear off about that. Uh, Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, it would really help us a lot if you gave us a rating and a comment on the podcast. It helps bump us up and whatever those algorithm things do, that would be much appreciated. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. And thank you for everyone who listens. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live, our website, comicbookclublive.com, for this podcast and many more podcasts. And we'll see you next Sunday at church. <laughs> 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 <laughs>